KMT presidential candidate Hoyoi is making waves with his views on conscription. In an interview on Monday, he said that as president, he intends to restore cross-strait peace and reduce the conscription period to four months. The proposal drew fire from the ruling DPP, which accused him of conspiring with the CCP. Military conscription returns to a one-year term starting next year. Ahead of the policy rollout, the education and defense ministries have announced a so-called 3 plus 1 plan. The idea is to let college students complete their studies in three years and serve in the military for one, allowing flexibility in time management. But presidential candidate Hoyoi objects to the plan. I oppose this 3 plus 1 plan. It's disruptive to the college education system. The key issue is that the DPP has made cross-strait tensions so dangerous that it's had to extend mandatory military service. If I'm elected president, I will work hard to ensure peace and stability across the strait. Once cross-strait peace and stability are ensured, I will reinstate the four-month term. When amendments to the active military service system were sent to the legislative yuan, no one, including the KMT, raised any objections, and so the case cleared the floor right away. The proposal Ho Yi put forth yesterday was utter nonsense. The only party that would agree with him would be the Chinese Communist Party, which would propose the exact same thing. The DPP lawmaker cited the Ma administration as an example. Although former President Ma Ying-jeou claimed he achieved peaceful cross-strait ties during his tenure, PLA missiles continued to target Taiwan during that time, and so the military threat remained. The lawmaker said that Ho's promise of cross-strait peace was merely empty words. Meanwhile, a defense analyst raised examples from abroad to warn that defense policies must be handled with care. Modern democratic countries, including Japan and the U.S., all struggle with recruiting volunteer soldiers. In countries with smaller populations, the recruitment problem is even worse. Due to Taiwan's low birth rate, the number of men available for conscription each year will likely be between 68 and 70,000, so the pool of volunteer soldiers is even smaller. Under such circumstances, restoring one-year conscription will be extremely helpful for national defense. According to the military expert, bringing back the four-month term would not be in line with the military's needs or global best practices. What's more, amid China's continued aggression, shortening conscription would only weaken its combat capabilities and compromise its security. The presidential election is looming, and three new polls all point to the DPP's candidate as a frontrunner. The ruling party's Lai Qingde was at the top in the polls by the Taiwan Normal Country Promotion Association, New Talk, and Storm Media. According to the Taiwan Normal Country Promotion Association, Lai would lead in a four-way race that includes Terry Goh, Storm Media also saw Lai at the front of the pack with 29.8%, followed by Ke at 24.4%, Ho at 15.2%, and Go at 14%. Across all polls, Lai emerged as the leading contender. Taiwan's legislative speaker went on a pioneering ferry voyage from Ilan to Japan's Yonaguni Island. Speaker Yoshikun led a group of lawmakers and tour operators on the two-hour trip to Yonaguni where they were warmly welcomed by islanders. The speaker called for ferry trips to be made routine to boost tourism and deepen bilateral ties. Leading nearly 100 lawmakers and tour operators, Speaker Yoshi Kun set sail from Suel Township in Ilan. He's on the maiden voyage of a ferry to Yonaguni, the westernmost island of Japan. Today, Kaiji Furira, head of the Japan ROC Diet Members Consultative Council, will also be waiting for us. Today's trip has three purposes, sightseeing, inaugurating this direct ferry route, and diplomacy. 
Therefore, this trip carries great significance. Suao is Taiwan's closest township to Yonaguni. The two are just over 100 kilometers apart, or two hours by ferry. The group left at 9 in the morning and returned at 4 in the afternoon, making a one-day whirlwind journey between Taiwan and Japan. There are more than 2 million tourists that come to Taiwan. If just 1% of them, that's over 20,000 people, are willing to come here to spend an extra day and night over here in Suao, then to visit Yonaguni for a bit of fun before returning, that would be a great boon for Elan tourism. In the future, we want to normalize such ferry routes, routes to places like Yonaguni and Ishigaki, to promote more exchanges and drive more tourism. Upon arrival at Yonaguni, Yo received a warm welcome from locals who presented him with a bouquet of flowers. He expressed hope that the ferry route would not only drive tourism, but deepen the friendship between Taiwan and Japan. The National Museum of Taiwan Literature has launched a special exhibition about censorship. Banned books from various eras are on show at Writers Blocked, a special exhibition of once-banned Taiwan literature. It features classic songs that were once seen as too incendiary, like Teresa Tang's When Will You Return? Visitors can peruse provocative material from the martial law period and the Japanese occupation. There's a detective challenge for readers who want to explore the mindset of the censored society. And best of all, entry to the whole exhibition is free. The classic song, When Will You Return, was banned at one point after World War II. Mend the Broken Net was outlawed too, for implying that the incompetence of the government was leading to hardship for the people. Earlier in the Japanese colonial era, all publications were censored. If they didn't pass inspection by the authorities, the offending print would simply be whited out. The National Museum of Taiwan Literature has launched an unusual new exhibition all about the banned book. These rows of vintage books, newspapers, and magazines all have one thing in common, a big red prohibited stamp. They were blocked from being shared at one time, but now anyone can take a fascinating walk through many years of censorship. The most surprising thing for me is how all these classic songs actually used to be banned. The museum also offers a detective mystery game for visitors, making the free exhibition more engaging. Visitors can get into the story of the banned materials and embark on a literary adventure. We added the real-life detective game mainly in the hope of enabling a younger generation to really deeply appreciate this period of history. In the modern world, most of us take freedom of speech for granted. It can be hard to imagine the levels of ideological repression and censorship that were normal in the Japanese occupation or during the nationalist period of martial law. The museum wants to encourage visitors to cherish the level of ideological freedom we enjoy and preserve it for future generations. Have you ever seen a diorama? It's a lifelike model of a scene compressed into a miniature that can fit on your desk. Diorama artist Yang Meijing has gone from diorama amateur to a teacher in six years of hard work. Now she shows students how to make everything from realistic street scenes to dystopian tableaus. She gave us a masterclass on how to turn a thousand little parts into a breathtaking landscape.
A line of old apartment buildings with colorful street signs, this classic Taiwan street scene is complete with pedestrians and stray cats and dogs, all standing still as if frozen in time. But zoom out just a little, and you realize this is a 1 to 35 scale model. Compared with a photo of real life, everything from the roller shutters to the newspapers on the delivery man's tricycle is astonishingly lifelike with different types of paper modeling and painting techniques used to fill in every detail. Ever since I discovered dioramas, I am that little bit more meticulous than anyone else. Even if it's just an ordinary tree on the sidewalk, we have to go and observe its light side and shadow side. Even the color green is actually divided into so many different colors. A bit of moss could be very fresh and bright, or already rather old, so even that green has many different types. Creating the diorama involves unpacking the components, assembling them, choosing the paint and spraying it on. Then Yang deliberately paints flecks of rust onto this gun stock to give it that old and worn look. Then she uses landscaping paste to create a realistic mud terrain, and this hardcore warrior is complete. Add in a chemical weapons brigade and a swampland, and you've got a whole apocalyptic dystopia brewing. Young's artistry is equally impressive in the slice-of-life scenes and in the sci-fi fantasies. Often when I go to sleep, I suddenly get inspiration in the middle of sleep, so I jump up in the middle of the night to do what I thought of. When I'm creating landscapes or painting figures, it makes me feel balanced in body, mind and spirit. And I forget everything like my troubles and so on, because I get very focused on wanting to do my work well. Models cover the windowsills of Yang's studio. Even the smallest project takes three to five days from start to finish, what with assembling the parts and painting on many layers of color. The most complex can take months. In six years, Yang has gone from a diorama hobbyist to an expert. She makes 100,000 NT a month from teaching diorama classes. Her passion inspires more and more people to follow her into this mesmerizing, tiny world. Globalization. It doesn't mean what it used to. That's according to TSMC founder Morris Chang. Speaking at a Taipei Business Forum, he said that globalization now means letting businesses move across borders when there's no threat to national security or economic leadership. Chang challenged the crowd, asking if that could still be considered globalization. Not hurting our national security and not hurting our tech economy. I believe this is now the new definition of globalization. At an event held by the Chinese National Association of Industry and Commerce, TSMC founder Morris Chang gave a new definition of globalization. He made it clear that national security and economic security were more important. Let's not talk about globalization first. We first need to talk about national security. Even if we aren't leading right now, we need to lead later on. The relationship between the U.S. and China has become a mix of competition and cooperation. As of right now, there's more competition going on than cooperation. Chang said that since the U.S.-China trade war began, the two countries' relations have been more about competition than cooperation. He said both countries are now cautious in their handling of defense and high-tech products, striving to avoid entering foreign markets. Chang also directed veiled criticism at U.S. President Joe Biden for remarks made last year at TSMC's Arizona site. We 
Let's celebrate how manufacturing jobs are returning to the United States. Manufacturing jobs, that's what I was just talking about. That's what the U.S. lost during globalization. Union. Union is coming back. That remark was a bit grating to my ears. Chang implied that Biden only supported American unions and not foreign investment. He went on to lighten the mood with a quip about semiconductors and a past U.S. president. There was a previous American president. Today we say chips in reference to semiconductors, but this president thought it referred to potato chips. After concluding his speech, the tech tycoon made a swift exit, leaving behind a new definition of globalization for the audience to ponder. At the same Taipei Business Forum, President Tsai Ing-wen gave a speech on industrial trends over the next decade. Tsai said the government would continue to support businesses by helping them transform, achieve sustainable operations, secure investment, and retain talent. She also pledged to stabilize Taiwan's power supply. Before the start of the forum, one business leader said Taiwan should diversify its energy portfolio to prevent power shortages. I think that we need to review the power supply as a whole. Is it possible for us to further diversify our power supply, to have a more stable power supply, and do we have enough sources of electricity? Now, it goes without saying that we will have different sources of power, like green energy and nuclear energy. We just need to have less political squabbling and more opinions from experts. We can foresee that the industry trends in the next 10 years will be the net zero transformation and the digital transformation. The National Development Council and Taiwan Stock Exchange have co-invested in a carbon trade exchange. In the future, we will gradually enhance the carbon trade mechanisms. Under our special post-pandemic provisions, we are providing assistance to businesses so they can undergo a net zero transformation. The business leader said that to ensure a stable power supply, Taiwan should carefully consider both green energy and nuclear energy. Tsai emphasized that carbon trading mechanisms will be improved over time to ensure a stable green power supply for businesses. Taiwan's housing prices have been rising constantly for years, but nowhere is the overheated housing market more apparent than in Shinzu County. The county is now the second most expensive for housing in Taiwan, and prices in Zubei City are gaining particular attention. Locals say the rent in Zubei could be a fine mortgage in other cities. Xinzu's market is being buoyed up by financial speculation linked to Xinzu's silicon industries. A forest of brand new residential apartment complexes in Zhubei City in Xinzhou County. Renting here is tough. Figures from the Directorate General of Budget, Accounting and Statistics show that the housing rental index for May hit a new record, 103.53. That made the 11th month in a row of year-on-year growth above 2%, a 27-year record streak of price growth. But for local people, the most jaw-dropping factoid is simply this. Renting in New Taipei is cheaper than renting in Zhubei. A small two-bedroom is easily 25,000 NT. You could spend that money on a mortgage to buy a house in other counties like Taichung or Kaohsiung. But here, all you can do is pay rent. I rent an apartment near the county government hall. It's about 8 ping, but the rent is already almost the same as Taipei's outer districts. Xinzhou now has the second most expensive housing market in Taiwan, with the median value of a Xinzhou house 17.72 million NT, 
a little above the new Taipei median of 16.45 million NT, and rent is going up too. In Jubei City, for example, you'll need to find 30,000 NT a month for more than 40% of three-bedroom apartments in major developments. In New Taipei, the same apartment typically costs between 20 and 30,000 NT a month. The continuous speculation means that, for example, in Xinju Technology Park, the incomes of tech industry Nouveau Riche are constantly rising. The demographic dividend is growing. In other places, in the last two or three years, the rate of growth of many house prices has been 20 to 40 percent. But in Jubei, the growth has been more than 100 percent. So in this situation, the adjustment of rent prices will also be more noticeable. This real estate agent says that the quantitative easing policies of the U.S. have caused sudden growth in the stock market. That's gone on to fuel the hyperactive housing market in Shinju, a center of high-tech industries. The tech-heavy area is approaching the same levels of unaffordability as Taipei. Turning now to honey. It's great in coffee or as a standalone treat, but a toxicologist warns that it's not for everyone, especially not babies. Those who suffer from diabetes need to remember not to consume too much honey because they might have problems controlling their blood sugar. If you let infants have honey, then they might contract botulism, which is a disease that affects the nerves. In the worst case scenario, respiratory failure occurs and this can be life-threatening. So, if a child hasn't turned one yet, remember to not let them have honey. In related news, tougher labeling rules on honey came into effect July 1st. Under the health ministry's regulations, only 100% pure honey can be described as either honey, pure honey, or 100% honey. If the product's honey content is 60% or higher and sugar syrup is added, it should be labeled as sugar-added honey. If the honey content is less than 60%, the label should include the phrase honey flavor or honey taste. If no honey is added at all, the word honey cannot appear on the label. And now over to U.S. Major League Baseball, where another star from Taiwan could be on the rise. 21-year-old pitcher Lin Zhengwei has signed a 500000 U.S. dollar deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's the first Taiwanese pitcher in the history of the franchise. Lin stands tall at over 2 meters, and his fastball clocks in at 160 kilometers per hour. He made his mark this May in the MLB Draft League, posting four starts, two wins, and a solid 3.60 ERA over 16.2 innings pitched. He's the nephew of famed Taiwanese pitcher Guo Hongzhi. In a press statement, Lin thanked his family for the support and made a special mention of Guo. He said that without his uncle, he would never have had the chance to take on America.